Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Welcome to this Coach House Beacon called Mountains. When I was younger, I attended Sunday school and one of my teachers, Norma Wilson, used to give us memory verses to learn. We actually enjoyed the challenge of learning a range of key verses and we collected points. And we all know what points make. Prizes, of course. Some of those verses were from Psalm 121, which says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So what does this mean? Why does looking up to the mountains mean looking for help? Well, in the Old Testament, there were people who did not worship the one true God. Instead, they chose to worship other gods called Baal or Ashtoreth. They believed that Baal was the sun god and that Ashtoreth was the moon goddess. They chose high places, so on hills and mountains, setting up statues, monuments or shrines as part of their act of worship. You can find references in the Bible to God's instructions to the people of Israel to get rid of the high places. God warned about being distracted by the way other nations paid homage to images of gods. God instructed the Israelites to stand up for their own belief system, to put their trust fully in the one God of Israel and not to compromise. As they entered the promised land of Canaan, after spending 40 years in the desert, they were told, destroy all their carved images and their cast idols and demolish all their high places in Numbers chapter 33. Looking to the high places, to the mountain tops, was no longer looking towards a shrine or idol who had no power or control over them. And in 1 Kings 18, God's prophet Elijah has a showdown with the false prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth. Verse 19 says, Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Ashtoreth who eat at Jezebel's table. That is a sizable number of false prophets to gather together who are under the direction of Queen Jezebel. You'll probably have heard about Jezebel, not as a role model, but rather as one who should be avoided at all costs. She was married to King Ahab of Israel, and the following condensed verses show how calamitous was this allegiance. 1 King 16, chapter Verse 30 begins, Ahab did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He also married Jezebel and began to serve Baal and worship him. Ahab also made an Ashtoreth pole and did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than did all the kings of Israel before him. Not a great accolade but it does show the level of opposition to Almighty God and why God was so adamant that the high places were to be destroyed. If you look at the end of Jezebel life, you'll see she came to a very messy end. She received no help from the high places. Psalm 121 asks, where does my help come from? And Jezebel looked in the wrong place. Elijah, however, demonstrated the power of God as he gathered the 850 prophets together. Elijah's faith and trust in the Holy God was rewarded in dramatic style. 
he wasn't fazed by the huge crowd of unbelievers. In fact, what happened was impossible by human standards, demonstrating the absolute power and authority of God over all creation. You can read the story for yourself in 1 Kings 18. Basically, the false prophets built an altar on which to sacrifice a bull, and Elijah built an identical one. The challenge was to call on God, small g, or God, big g, to show power through sending down fire on the altar. Of course, Baal and Ashtoreth were a false, and no matter how much the prophets wailed and shouted, nothing at all happened. Elijah, under no illusions of the ridiculous nature of their protestations, was even able to ridicule them with taunts. Shout louder, maybe a god's asleep. Then, when it was Elijah's turn, he first doused the altar with water so it was drenched, and then he prayed to God. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones and the soil and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Elijah's help did come from looking up, looking heavenwards. When I think of mountains, I also think how majestic and awe-inspiring they are, a lasting example of God's perfect creation. The mountains shouldn't reflect powerless icons or evil deeds. They should reflect the authority and majesty of God the Creator. For many, they symbolise power and a positive challenge, something to be conquered or overcome, just as Elijah demonstrated. In the Bible, great events happened on mountains. Think about Moses receiving the stone tablets on which were written the Ten Commandments. Moses experienced the very presence of God as he passed him by on Mount Sinai. Exodus 19 verse 3 says that God called to Moses from the mountain. And later on in that chapter it says, On the morning of the third day there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like a smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. How amazing is that? What an experience they had! and they were in no doubt of the power of their God. In Matthew chapter 17, Jesus takes three of the disciples, Peter, James and John, to the top of a mountain. Scholars think it was on top of Mount Hermon. Here, the disciples witness a display of God's glory as Jesus was transfigured, had an amazing change of appearance. Jesus' face shone like the sun and his clothes gleamed white like light. Alongside Jesus appeared Moses and Elijah. Then in Matthew 17 verse 5 it says, 
a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased, listen to him. The disciples experienced God's voice, commending Jesus to them, verifying him as the son of God. The presence of Moses as the lawgiver and Elijah as the prophet now connected and consolidated their experience of Jesus with their knowledge of the Old Testament. This was the same God they'd been taught about and now they had experienced directly the power of God through Jesus. They were to be left in no doubt that Jesus was their Messiah, their Saviour. We don't have to stand on top of a mountain to experience God. The same God who demonstrated his power to Moses and Elijah is only a prayer away from us. We just call out in the name of Jesus who delivers our prayers to his Father in heaven. We look to our Creator God, to our Saviour Jesus, because that is where our help comes from. Coach House Beacons the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.